The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. God bless you for tuning in. Hello. This is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you're listening to the prophetic voice of our time. It's November, and in a few weeks, it's going to be December, the end of the year. By the way, before I begin, if you have not voted yet, vote on Tuesday, November the 8th and vote for righteousness. Vote for candidates that are pro-life. As Christians, this is going to be our first and foremost litmus test. We do not belong to this world, even though we are not of this world. We belong and operate in the kingdom of our God. So we vote for issues that are close to God's heart not on our own, okay? We belong to Him, and we are part of the body of Christ. Amen? I am praying that there will be a 100% turnout of Christians to vote for righteousness. The world may soon realize, to their dismay, that Christians have become the biggest and most influential voting bloc in the country, and soon to be in the world. It can be done, my dear brothers and sisters. So if you have not voted yet, show up on November 8th, Tuesday, and vote for righteousness, and invite and remind uh, family members and friends to do the same, okay? We just finished our prophetic and business conference last week, October 28th and 29th, glory to God. This last conference was so different, and I like it. Majority of those who registered opted to watch or join us via live stream. And on my part, it was so much easier. I know how tired I was last year at the December 31st prophetic gathering of the saints. But this time, it is so much easier. And we will start inviting everyone to join us on December 31st prophetic gathering of the saints to be held here in San Antonio. We will also charge registration fee, which proceeds goes to our foreign missions and outreaches such as this radio program, okay? And the enthusiasm and excitement of the younger group, the younger generation in the Philippines, their leaders, about 90% of them are young, did not escape God's attention. God so pleased to them that I will do a follow-up training for those who attended the October 8th training via live stream, as well as the October 28th and 29th. And they are automatically have the priority to attend the uh, leadership training 
Empower Leader, Empower Nation, two to three-day conference in General Santos City in the Philippines. Praise the Lord. Amen. My focus regarding discipleship here as well as in the Philippines and other parts of the world has been changed for the past several years. I am focused in training and spending time with the leaders who are really hungry for the move of God, who are really wanted to be used by God in every sector of society, that they will be part of the transfer of wealth and influence, as well as they will be a really, really influential and anointed minister of the gospel. I don't look for numbers. I look for the results. Amen. Jesus started with 12 disciples, then grew up in hundreds, like 500 plus. And out of those 500 plus, 120 obeyed him, men and some women, and they changed the world. I want to follow that pattern. It is challenging. It takes time for someone to have a new mindset, to have a mind of Christ, to get rid of leftover yeast that we picked up along the way. And at the same time, I am training future priests and kings. It has been the strongholds that limited and that has been limiting the body of Christ for many generations now especially to those that are leaders. They spend more time in preparing for a sermon, for preaching. Yes, they prayed, but most of their prayer is like, pray for me as far as preaching is, is concerned. And many, that's what they know, preaching. So I am training a new generation to walk in supernatural to have a supernatural lifestyle, whether in the ministry, in business, in governance. We are under a new covenant, wherein Jesus is both priest and king. And God has created us to be kings and priests, to rule and reign with him here on earth. That is in Revelation 1.6 and Revelation 5.10. Jesus is returning as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is us. He is returning for the church, for his bride, the body of Christ. Okay? So if our Lord Jesus is both King and priest, then the body must be and operate in the priestly and the kingly. We are a kingdom of priests. Okay? He is returning for his bride. That should be our focus. Church must operate as kings and priests and not kings or priests. It's end. We are likened unto Jesus Christ. We are created in the image of God. And he equipped us. He purchases with his blood and God the Father and God the Son send the Holy Spirit to empower, to teach, to help us, to be our advocate here on earth. And we are living the book of Revelation. But you and I have to make sure that we are living 
and applying the principles of the kingdom of our God and not of this world. At the conference, the ministry team, the young people, they went to work. They were taking notes because one day they will disciple others. They will replicate after their own kind. So they are being prepared, yes, to minister, in which you're going to hear from them their take and what they're learning and the revelation that they received is starting next week. You're going to learn from them. And I'm excited for the future of this country because of them, okay? So right now they are being prepared for the transfer of wealth and at the same time to be a powerful and anointed minister of the gospel. And the entire ministry team, they have been weaned out from wanting personal prophecies to really holding on and taking notes as far as the prophecy to the nations and prophecy to the charts. And that is a big, big, big step forward for them. And I'm excited. And I know you're being weaned too, as far as that is concerned. Yes, the apostles and the prophets are going to continue to take the center stage to build the church according to Ephesians 2.19 and 2.20, in which Jesus Christ is our chief cornerstone. The government of our God and the structure of the church is going to be transformed according to God intends, according to the image of God, not by men, not by religious list of do's and don'ts. Because God will exercise his sovereignty upon his people. And I am excited to tell you that things are manifesting concerning the transfer of wealth. But we have to remind ourselves, as I keep on reminding myself and the ministry team, about Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, that he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. So we are learning we are learning and we continue to walk that we are faithful in little things so that God can entrust us with big things, okay? If I'll be able to disciple a few people, even one or two, as an evangelist for soul winners, if I can disciple another Billy Graham, another Reinhard Bunke, and they will disciple others to be like them. Jesus is coming real soon. That is my target, is to change the mindset of the ministry team, especially the younger generations all over the world, including you, our radio listeners, to change the mindset of standing and believing God for our blessings and for our desires to manifest. Instead, that we will prepare, we are going to prepare our hearts and our mindsets to be a blessing. And that's different. Okay? All selfishness will be gone and we're going to start thinking global. We're going to start thinking as a church, as a whole body, not just us, not just one member of the body of Christ. That is the target and, uh, and I'm not going to apologize for it, and I'm not going to change course. It's challenging, but, you know, it comes with the territory. 
I'd rather that when I face our Lord Jesus Christ, I have at least one or two that I mentored who became like Billy Graham, who became like Reinhard Bunke as far as winning the lost. And those that I discipled, they operate in power and they're disciple others instead of thousands of leaders or ministers that are so religious and legalistic as far as everything else. That brings forth death, according to our Lord Jesus Christ. But what we need to bring out and share to others when we mentor, when we share the gospel, is to bring life and Jesus being our front and center and to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Right now, some of the businesses or companies have already been set up by the group. And I'll have another meeting with somebody concerning a new business plan or, or something that will be different. But we have one member of the ministry team that her book already got published. And there are one or two books in the offing. That is great. And one of our ministers from the younger group, his company is already expanding very active and also very active in the ministry. And others will follow within the next several months. And one of my focus when I go to the Philippines next year is to bring about a young men and women and those that are hungry, those uh, pastors and leaders that are hungry for God to move um, their country and in their lives and that they will be a part of the transfer of wealth I will be spending time with them. I am not going to train them, and I'm not training anybody to prepare a sermon. That's not how God prepared me. I am training them and will continue to train them to hear the voice of God, to be able to discern, to listen and be taught by the Holy Spirit, and most of all, They're not going anywhere. You and I are not going anywhere as far as the kingdom of God if we do not establish a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus. And I mean walking it, not just saying it. All right? In order for the transfer of wealth and influence to manifest in our generation, in our life, we need that personal relationship with the Lord to be front and center of our life. This is in accordance to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. The greatest commandment of all, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself, which is the second. We are already sinning. Many Christians don't even know it. If they put their family, their spouse or anything, or themselves first than our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the greatest commandment, and it is a commandment by our Lord, is to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And something will happen to you when you fall in love with Jesus. Everything else will fall into their places. Yes, you're going to have some challenges, but who doesn't? But We were given a promise that God will deliver us from all of our afflictions as long as we focus on him. And even many Christians, even leaders, they cannot see that. They they cannot even comprehend how can I love the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. 
they cannot even envision that. They cannot see it. Remember what Jesus told the church in Laodicea. Remember what Jesus says in Revelation. I have these things against you. You have forsaken your first love. And he meant to himself, our spouse, our children, they are not our first love. It has to be our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the scripture, by the way. Remember, God's love is pure and excellent. When we put him first and when we love him first, he will never allow you to neglect your loved ones. He will take care of them too, and he will remind you what they need. So the more you love Jesus, the more you take care of your loved ones, and the more satisfied you are in your life. Okay, And your children and your spouse will thank you for it. I've been saved all my life. A charismatic, spirit-filled Catholic priest led me to the Lord, and I'm saved. I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. Well, I was five years old. I, I never knew what it meant for Jesus to be the Lord of my life until I moved into this country, and I got baptized by the Holy Spirit, and my life has never been the same again. That was in October 30, 1988. And I got a prophecy from a prophet that God called me in the apostolic and prophetic ministry and that I will travel all over the world. I did not understand that was a prophecy at that time. But there is one thing for sure. I fell in love with our Lord Jesus. I was so excited, and the Holy Spirit did not waste any time. And he started showing things and revealing Jesus to me. Then, when Mike and I got married, I was counseled by other Christians that I should focus on my marriage instead of God. So I took that counsel very seriously. But I continued to receive revelation from our Lord. I walked out from a leadership position that I got, that God himself called me to it. And then problems started occurring. I have all kinds of problems, and I'm having some difficulty because I am longing to be in the presence of God all the time. The things that I used to do, being in a leadership position, actually a leader, for that international ministry that uh, we're serving. I was the leader here in Texas. And then I got married all of a sudden, I cannot do them anymore. But people continue to invite me to minister to their congregation, but on a tight leash. I was praying one time, and one of those rare moments that I treasured, Mike was out of town, so I had the whole house to myself. I was reading the scripture on how God was grieved in creating mankind because of the evil intents in their hearts. And then God showed me in 1 Samuel that God also was grieved that he anointed or appointed Saul as king of Israel because Saul did not follow the instruction to the letter. 
I started getting convicted and I started thanking God for calling me. And I prayed for God to continue to lead me and continue to make me obey and reveal things to me because I don't want him to be grieved that he appointed me in the leadership position. And I was very serious about that. One day I was praying for Mike. He was out of town again and I was praying for Mike. And I heard the voice of God that cut my heart. He sounded so hurt. He sounded so heartbroken. And he told me this. My issue with you, Christina, is that you love Mike more than you love me. I was so devastated. He is the truth. Told me, your prayer every day is all about him and not about me. And said, you used to pray and talk to me about me and my plans and for my people. God was right. And I cried and I cried. I repented. I thought, listen to me, I thought I was obeying God when I got married, when people told me that I should focus in our marriage and take a supporting role behind my husband. This is how we are taught. I did not realize that I was sinning. I was not obeying the great commandments of all, to love God more than anything and anyone. I repented before the Lord, but one thing I prayed is for God to help me carry out that commandment, because as it is, I know, I was aware that I will go against the tide of law and legalism or the doctrines made of men that are out there. And some of us, we take them as a gospel, as the truth, and we have forgotten. I was being reminded, God reminded me at that time, that he appointed Deborah to judge the nation of Israel and not, and not her husband, Lafidoth. And that Lafidoth did not even exercise his authority over Deborah. No, Deborah took out her courts at the palm of Deborah, not in their household, and Lafidot respected that. And from then on, I said, like, it doesn't matter if it's going to be difficult for me. I am going to obey God, and I'm going to put Jesus front and center. I don't want to lose my way again. So I asked the Holy Spirit to teach me how to love my Lord Jesus and empower me to obey and take a stand. Was my walk easy? No. But I got satisfaction every time I hear the voice of God thanking me or that he is pleased. And at the same time, I remind myself And I'm reminding you now, God looks at the heart. When Saul of Tarsus was persecuting Christians and having some of them arrested and even killed, he thought that he was serving God. And the Lord has to knock him off his high horses on his way to Damascus. And he got his conversion. 
and God God looks at the heart instead instead of what he was doing at that time because he thought I am serving God. So that's what God did to me. He knew my heart and he put me on the right path. It is not easy, but it's the only path to take. Same thing with you. You need to you need to choose today that Jesus will be your first love that he is going to be a front and center in your life, in your marriage, in your career, in your ministry, in every facet in life. Amen? God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Thank you.